Welcome back, dear listeners. I hope you're hearing me loud and clear. So, why have I turned on my microphone again? Well, I just came up with a very stupid idea that I am desperate to try out. And that is um, the first gameplay walkthrough that is fully devoid of any visuals and relies solely on my ability to describe what I am seeing on the screen of my 839 euros costing gaming laptop. Now, why am I doing this? Well, first of all, I like to be a little experimental with my content. Um, as you may have noticed, there are a few uh, episodes on my podcast that are titled Something Something Part 1 or Something Something Episode 1 and those thing those episodes never received a sequel or hardly any sequel episodes and that is because i am not afraid to make stupid decisions when it comes to my podcast and that's the first point my second point or rather the second reason why i want to try this is because well, let me ask you a question. What is the reason why we watch other people play video games? Is it because of the game, games themselves? Well, sometimes. If it's a YouTuber playing one of the newest games, then a lot of people want to check out what the game is all about um, while they watch it being played by their favorite YouTuber. But... I think the main reason why we like to watch uh, other people play video games, and I think you already see this coming, but we, we like to watch those people because of their personality. And even though I am saying this about myself, which may come off as a little narcissistic, and I'm sorry, but I think that I have personality in spades. Now, if you agree, then first of all, thank you. And then second of all, I hope you are going along with this very experimental, very failure-prone journey with me. Um, I don't know if you can hear the music, but um, this is the menu music from the video game Humankind. If you wonder what Humankind is about, well, um, it's a grand strategy game akin to civilization where you guide a nation or just an empire from its infancy in ancient times all the way to the technological age where you may or may not choose to nuke all your adversaries into oblivion now, I'm going 
to start a new game right now. I am clicking on the play button. And yes, I am literally going to describe what I'm doing because you can't see it. Um, I clicked on the play button and I am choosing new game. If you hear a loud blowing sound, that is my gaming laptop fighting for its life. <laughs> I'm so sorry, darling, you'll make it. Don't worry, at least you're not blowing your brains out because of expensive uh, screen capturing software. So anyway, um, my game is a little stuttery, so it's uh, loading the competitor list which is basically showing me uh, which civilizations which in the game of humankind are represented by um, avatars me included um, right now me included there are 10 players for this new game um, the first one is called Elissa the second one is, oh god, uh, Agamemnon. I may have butchered that name, but you know, you can't read it because there is no visuals. So we're moving on. The third adversary that I'll face in this game is called Ancestor, which I hope it's not a real name. <laughs> Alright, the other adversary is called Semiramis. There is gonna be a lot of names that I'm, I'm butchering. Alright, let's see, let's count. I had already had four. Alright, the fifth adversary is called Midas. Probably uh, the same Midas who uh, was cursed with the ability to turn everything he touched into solid gold. Which uh, probably did no wonders for his love life. Uh, another adversary, Gilgamesh. A name that I've been hearing a lot recently due to the upcoming Marvel movie called The Eternals, which I'm looking forward to. Makeda, another adversary that may or may not become friendly or uh, an actual adversary of mine. Mu Guajing, or Guajing, um, I'm so sorry if I'm butchering these names uh, like the idiot that I am. And the last one is Mama Ocho. So those are the one, two, three, four, five, six, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine other people that, or people, nine other AI controlled people that I'll have to fight and or live with. So th that is the competitor list. Um, you may not see it, but it's like 10 portraits with my face included. Uh, my empire is uh, represented by an avatar who is bald like me has a beard like me is brown skinned like me but unlike me is conventionally attractive so that is the competitive list now we are moving on to the world list which um, 
where is the place where I can choose on what kind of map I want to play this game. Um, I always choose a huge map because I want to have a lot of room to grow my empire. All right. Now I have a lot of options uh, to modify the map that I'm going to play on, but all of that is uh, not worth describing because the most important choice is the first choice, and that is world shape. Now you, it can be custom, um, but I choose to uh, be it large Pangaea. Now, if you didn't have geography or if you just suck at geography, Pangaea was uh, basically the state of the earth millions and millions of years ago before uh, due to continental drift uh, lands formed into the way they are now. So before we had continents and before we had oceans separating all of us, all of the land was basically connected to one another. We didn't have Africa, we didn't have both Americas, we didn't even have Europe or Asia. It was just all one continent called Pangaea. Now I'm choosing large Pangaea because again, I like to, I like my maps big and all the other options are irrelevant. So I will not describe them to save some time. Now we are moving on to pace, which uh, determines how long this game will take because this game is turn-based which I like. Um, you can choose between blitz, fast, normal, slow, and endless. Um, blitz is makes the game only last for 75 turns. Fast makes it last 150. Normal 300. Slow for 50. And uh, then you get my personal favorite choice. Endless. Which doesn't actually mean endless but um, it means that the game will last for 600 rounds which hopefully will give me ample of time to crush my enemies with either um, kindness or nukes so uh, let's see another game uh, alteration that I'm going to make now is that the winning condition will be last human standing. So that means that if I want to win this game, I need to be the only empire in existence. So now that the pace is set, I will choose difficulty. I can choose between Hamlet, town, metropolis, nation, empire, civilization, and humankind. Now. If you didn't catch on, that went from easiest to hardest. Um, I am not the greatest at uh, strategy games, even though I love them with all my heart. So I will choose Metropolis, which is basically normal difficulty. Um, there is also a chance to say or to choose a peaceful mode, which means that... Um, the other nations will not try to fight with me and I have set that to no because I like a little challenge emphasis on little so I am now clicking start as my avatar is impatiently staring at me to start the game 
And here we go. Now I must say the loading screen or the loading time for this game is only long when you start up the game. After that, all loading screens are relatively quick. Um, you know, if this was an actual uh, walkthrough with visuals, then you could enjoy the stellar artwork which shows people from all races and all uh, historical periods charging down a hill with the backdrop being uh, a modern city blended with the pyramids from Egypt and with planes from all ages flying across the sky and in the far off distance a rocket shooting into space. It's quite a beautiful image. It really shows how far we have come as a society, uh, you know, technologically wise. I mean, as a species, well, um, well, I'll, I'll save that for a future episode, I suppose. <laughs> so, um, as the game is loading and, you know, proving my uh, previous statement wrong about the loading times being relatively short because it's still loading, allow me to tell you a bit how this game works. So first, you start off as a nomadic tribe, which basically means that you don't build a city uh, you don't immediately start off uh, building a nation, you know, you start off the game as a group of people who are just trying to survive. Like how our actual ancestors did way, 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 way back when. So you spend the early game gathering either science points, you know, the little tidbits that made our humans smarter, or... Um, Collecting food, gathering food, you know, the thing that we need to survive and grow our fledgling empire. And the loading screen is still going, but that doesn't take away from the beauty of the artwork. Um, the loading bar is past the halfway point, which is good news. I don't know if you can hear the music, but it's getting a little bit tiresome now for me. So I hope we can move along. Please. Pretty please. Me and my girlfriend paid hundreds of euros to afford this PC. Now I want this game to show me that that was worth it. Come on now. I got like... Two future people who are waiting along with me right now so you see this this is why i uh, never dared to actually start a walkthrough series on youtube because well as you may be able to hear i'm a bit awkward at times but if there was an actual camera pointed at me and um the actions on my laptop screen were actually recorded by software that would just um, multiply my awkwardness uh, by multitudes. 
So this is a very safe alternative for me, you know, because um, as somewhat or, or as someone has said about the famous YouTuber Markiplier, he has both the voice and the face for radio. And although I don't think Markiplier is ugly by any measure, I do feel like that um, description applies to me. Not that I think that I'm ugly, but I think that I'm more or just better suited for the podcast uh, format. Because now I can just talk. I don't have to be afraid about the way that I look. Uh, so yeah. Still doesn't take away the awkward silences though, but you know. Hardly anyone who makes uh, unedited gameplay footage can talk all the way through. But of course, they also have the visuals to fall back on. And well, you dear listener do not have that. You, All you got right now is my voice and maybe the the music and the gameplay noises coming from the speakers of my laptop. But other than that, it's just your ears engaging with my content right now. The, oh my God, the game is still loading. I gave you a compliment like two minutes ago about how fast your loadings, loading times are. And now you're disrespecting me like this. Oh, oh here, listen to this. This is, this is amazing. Zero temperatures in a vacuum. Rather boring. Indeed. However, on a small damp rock, there is a story that bears a second look. It's Earth. Oh. But the first four billion years or so mostly concern amino acids. Not much of a page to Unless you're into biology. Ooh, the game is being laggy. All right, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to skip it, unfortunately. Another day, another dawn of humankind. It is time to finish breakfast, give a rousing speech, and leap into the future. And with that botched intro, we start my game now. What am I seeing right now uh, that you cannot see? Well, I see a blip of visibility, which uh, is shrouded by a map filled with mist and on this mist are hand-drawn mythological creatures like serpents and what i assume are uh carps just you know uh to illustrate the unknown oh there's also kraken drawn into the mist but at the center of the map there is my little tribe of one two three four five six seven eight nine people now of course in reality it's way more than nine people but you know to uh, render thousands of people on a gigantic map is very uh cpu consuming so they're going for the artistic choice of nine which i am fully fine with so i what i'm going to do now is select my people 
computer took a bit of time to register my click. I, but anyway, I am now going to send my tribe, or as they're called in the game, hunting party, on Auto Explore, which means that by the flick of a switch, they will roam the map in uh, four moves because that's the maximum amount of moves that most units in this game have. So in those four moves, they will uh, uh, explore the map without my guidance because, you know, I put the switch on Auto Explore, which I've done now. And they have found nothing, no uh, food points for the tribe, nor science points, which is uh, kind of sad, but okay, that's fine. It's just the first turn, the first of, I mean, I have 599 turns left, which is fine. So, end turn. Okay. And it's my turn again. And the tribe is... Ah, great. My tribe has found food. And is now one step closer to becoming uh, a bit bigger. I need 40 food in order to uh, grow my tribe by one unit. Uh, I have one unit now and I can have four total in this group in this hunting party you can have multiple hunting parties which later evolve into units um, they are already out of moves because I've uh, set them to auto explore so I will click and turn wait again and they found food again all right so uh, 30 more food and I have another addition to my hunting party uh, right and turn again hopefully they find some science points nope it's still food um, it means that my tribe is growing but it also means that I don't get any science points and um, in the very early stage of this game while you are still uh, just a group of hunters and gatherers you can form like permanent settlements but they're not cities yet. You can't build anything from them, but they're just more or less breeding grounds. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a settlement that grows food and makes people, but you can't build anything. Um, so I don't, let's see, I need influence points in order to make like uh, what they call in this game an outpost, which is this aforementioned, um, breeding grounds but in order to get influence in this stage of the game i need to find it and um as i just said before my hunting party is only finding food right now and i hope that i either get science points which um if, if i get 20 science points i can evolve my nomadic tribe into a pre-existing society of my choice but you know we'll get to that once it happens anyway uh, I'm just gonna end turn I, I've uh, wanted to say something else but I forgot what I wanted to say ah ah 
I got two science points and five influence points. Now the science points will come in handy, as I said before, uh, once I want to evolve from a nomadic tribe into an actual society. The uh, influence points I need in this stage to build uh, an outpost. Now, in this game, there are um, special events every once in a while, and uh, in order to start this op uh, or start these special events, um, the button at the lower right part of the screen will turn from the next turn button into a speech bubble and when I click on it it will say urgent affairs require your attention and I'm gonna click on it now and it's an event called world of flame now I'm gonna read this part to you so <clears throat> I can use my narrator voice you ready in the distance a thin cord of smoke cuts up into clear blue skies fire calling a few tribesmen you run closer the smell of cindered bark and burning pine growing stronger with each footfall you spy dancing flames and suddenly find yourselves on the edge of a settlement on fire many of the structures are ablaze but even with the smoke and flames you can see these abodes are marvels of craftsmanship you are about to direct your men to put out the fires with loose soil when you see short, shadowed figures running away. Youths. They could become part of your tribe if you give chase now, but that would mean losing these secrets of construction. What is your choice? So, with these special events, what basically happens is that something happens within your empire or in this early stage of my tribe, and I get to choose as a um, disembodied immortal leader uh, what to do. So, my choices are to chase or extinguish. And with chase, I choose to go after the youths or the children or the young adults. <laughs> who uh, either started this fire and ran away or are simply victims and run away and absorb them into my tribe basically by adopting them, probably. I, I hope it's nothing violent. Or uh, I can extinguish the fire, which will give me a research bonus for a specific uh, research subject which will come in handy once I reach the actual civilization stage. Um, since research is very, very valuable in this game, I'm going to choose extinguish, which means that I will have a 25% science discount on city defense research cost. I'm clicking confirm. And that's it. Now I click and turn again. And the tribe is moving, and it has found another research point and an influence point. And, oh, this is big. I can now build an outpost. It's uh, a claim territory button, which only becomes selectable once you have enough influence points. I'm going to click it now. Description says, 
found a new outpost in any neutral territory, consumes all of the army's movement points. Fair enough. Let's see, where do I want to build this? Now, I can build this outpost pretty much anywhere, as long as I have enough points for it. But the game does uh, highlight certain spots that are more... Um, how do you say that? More suited for an outpost. And right now, I have two points on the map highlighted. Uh, one spot will give me nine food points and 18 uh, production points which means that um, food points are used to grow your settlement and later on your cities which means more citizens which means more people who can either make more food or make more buildings make more money or make more science um, so yeah, food points are pretty important, but production points are equally as important because with production points, you can build everything from, uh, buildings to districts, which are basically the same as buildings, but they don't show up on the map. They don't take up any space. So, uh, and soldiers, soldiers, units, whatever you may call it, they also require production points. And right now, these two highlighted points from my outpost have, um, one has nine food points and 18 production points, which means that this spot will be better uh, in a production sense, but it won't make as much food. And there is another spot that is 12, 12. So, 12 food points, 12 production points. So it makes food and it uh, generates production in equal measure. Now, uh, since I want my future capital of my empire to be a little bit balanced, I'm going to choose the latter for 10 influence points. And I'm gonna end my turn. And, uh, going to order your army to complete its movements because you know if you um, select a unit and order them to move to a faraway place then you know it takes multiple turns for them to reach the destination and the um, at the beginning of your turn uh, your unit still has to move and instead of just reselecting their destination you can just select the next turn button which by now is what it just said or a button which says order your army to complete its movements i'm going to click it and bada bing bada boom my unit will arrive at its destination at the next turn clicking and turn again i'm now at turn eight which means i have 492 turns left uh, don't expect me to say <laughs> How, uh, how many turns I have left every time because I suck at math once the numbers get too big so I'm just gonna uh, order my army to complete its movements again and they have created an outpost now it, 
depending on how far you are in the game, the waiting time for these outposts to finish gets longer and longer. And it also has to do with like placement and what have you. So right now it takes five turns for this settlement to, or for this outpost be, to become fully constructed. So I'm just going to select my hunting party, which by now is still just one unit out of four. And I'm going to turn off the auto explore again because it automatically turns off once you give an order such as establish an outpost. Um, they're still out of moves, so the auto explorer won't kick in until the next turn, which will happen right now. Turn nine, here we go. Ah, another event. And five food. Okay, what is the event? Ah, Lost Souls, part one. Your scout comes to you, breathless from exertion. Between gasps, he tells you that he spied another tribe not far ahead. He leads you on. Then after giving a stop signal, you drop to your bellies and crawl forward in the brush. Ahead, a young woman, no more than 13 summers, is leading a ceremony. Her audience, a dozen or so equally young or younger tribesmen. Many are crying. And when you see the bodies laid out, you understand they are in mourning. You know what you must do. So what just happened, if, you, um, if you're not that great at listening, or if I spoke too fast or not clear enough, um, my tribe has found another tribe which has a, an issue. And that issue being that all the adults are dead. Um, it's a tribe consisting solely of children who probably... Uh, need someone to take care of them. Now, my choice as the disembodied, immortal uh, leader of the tribe, I can choose to welcome these children into the flock, which can trigger a narrative event which may or may not be bad. Or I can withdraw, leaving these children to their fate, um, which give me, gives my tribe the bonus of being swift, which means that um, they move uh, faster and further for two turns, or no, ten turns, my apologies. But it also means that I am a cold, cold bastard. So I'm not a cold, cold bastard. I'm a warm, warm boy. So I'm going to say, welcome. These children need care and shelter. We will be their guardians and they will become our tribe. Now, I've played this game before. I'm only starting a new, uh, a new game um, because I want to start from scratch for this uh, auditory walkthrough. There is a chance that uh, a part of my tribe will die due to disease, but I hope that that doesn't happen. I'm going to click confirm. No backsies. And... I now have another unit, which consists of the damned children. And I am going to let them auto-explore. While the other part of my tribe, the original hunting party, is going to stay behind and guard the outpost. Alright. And we're waiting.
Ah. The children have found food twice over. Oh, look at you. And they're already past the halfway point of growing another unit into their hunting party. Huh. You're doing great, kids. Sky Daddy's proud of you. And the turn. Kids are moving again. They find nuts. Okay. They only need five more food points in order to gain another unit. Wow, these kids are on fire. F figuratively speaking. They find a science point, five and five influence points, which means that if I get 35 more influence points, I can build another uh, outpost, hopefully. All right, acknowledge the fact that they found that stuff and and turn again. Let's see, where are they moving now? Ah, they found more food and the hunting party has turned or increased their ranks because there are now two units. Uh, just just a little note, this new uh, hunting party that was uh, created due to my choice of um, uh, taking in the kids is called a growing tribe instead of a hunting party. Uh, just wanted to let you know that. So the growing tribe is out of moves and is one unit stronger. I'm gonna end my turn. It's turn 14 now, and we're gonna start with a narrative event. Um, I'm first gonna acknowledge the fact that my growing tribe has found food again, and I'm gonna see what uh, this urgent affair is that needs my attention. Ah, violent pursuits. The last winter was especially harsh. The ground hard and the frost chilling to the bone. In the heart of the settlement, the tribe huddled close to share warmth through the coldest days. But for some, it wasn't enough. Some needed to get their blood flowing and they found a means through violent games. Grappling, fighting, contests of strength and endurance one contest where opponents fight with hide-bound fists has gained quite a following to the point that the outpost's usual foraging missions are under threat. What is your say on this new pursuit, Sky Daddy? All right, that last part wasn't written. I added that myself. All right, so my tribe is passing the time by beating the crap out of each other. What do I think of it? I can encourage it, I can forbid it, or I can codify it. If I encourage it, that means that um, my food income will be lowered by five points per turn. Because, you know, um, my tribe is less concerned with foraging food and more concerned with beating each other. But it will also mean that they grow stronger. Because, you know... The more you fight, the stronger you get. I can forbid it, which means that they will not fight, but I will get five more food points per turn for 20 turns maximum. 
or I can codify it. And codify it is basically a middle point. Uh, I allow it to happen, but only on special occasions. Sort of like Christmas, but with more fists. And I'm going to choose that option. We should allow these contests, but only at decreed times of the year. And this will give me a minus 25% on dom domestication research cost, which again is handy because once I reach uh, the civilization stage of the game, I can research shit. Oh, oh I cussed. Ah, it's fine. Confirm. And that's that. I'm going to end my turn again. Let's see. Nomadic tribe reached the ancient era with the Nubians. Ah, so. Because there are nine other players in this game, I also get notifications about their achievements. And uh, unfortunately... One of them has already moved on to the next stage, um, which isn't a disaster, considering that I still have 485 turns. No, wait. 585 turns left. See, my math is bad. Point is, I'm only at turn 15 out of 600, so there's still plenty of chance for me to catch up. Um, so, um, what I probably should have told you earlier is that there are three ways to uh, move out of the, the nomadic tribe stage. And that is to either have a lot of people, uh, collect a lot of science points, or to have uh, fought with a lot of things, including animals and or other tribes. I haven't... Uh, encountered any people and or animals so i have zero hunter star points i did find some science points so i have four out of 20 and i have grown so i have three out of 10 growth points so i either need to find a lot of science points or i need to make sure that my tribe grows which uh, are both happening at a steady rate. So I'm just gonna end turn. And now it's just a waiting game while my growing tribe finds more food. All right. Still three growth star points and four knowledge star points. So I uh, click next turn again. Ah, now I have five science points, which is nice. And turn again. This is basically how I play humankind. I just um, am very liberal in my uh, turn usage. But I have another urgent affair that requires my attention. Ah, seed of an idea. Yesterday... The tribe came across a vast tract of wild grain, the stalks swaying in the breeze like the wind playing over golden waters. The ground-down grain could feed the tribe twice over, but one of the tribal elders had another idea. Instead of pounding the seeds into flour, 
she suggests planting half of them so the grasses may return next summer. It is a curious idea, at odds with the nomadic life for sure, but perhaps a harbinger of the future. What should you do? So, my people are already evolving. One of them thinks that we should farm, plant these seeds, you know, and have faith in Mother Nature providing the water so that when we come back, there is plenty of food to come back to. So that is the first option, plant. Or if we don't trust Mother Nature, we can just take all the seeds and grind them like we have always done before. If I plant, I will get a minus 25% on domestication research, which I hope stacks with the previous bonus that I've gotten, which did the same thing. Or I can grind the seeds, which means that I will get plus two food points on my outpost per turn. I'm going to choose plant because science matters. Confirm. And that's that. I have six uh, science points out of 20, three growth points out of 10, and still zero hunter points, which is because I haven't fought anyone. And for now, I don't want to. And damn it, another player has reached the ancient era. But... I have also grown my uh, civilization, which is nice. And turn, I'm now at turn 20. I've also decided just now to end the episode once I reach the uh, ancient era, which is the era where you actually become sort of a fledgling empire. Anyway, moving on. I don't know where my growing tribe is who are out here exploring the map. There they are. Luckily, there's this... A magnifying glass button which if you click on it uh, snaps the camera straight to where they are very handy and turn again I am turn 21 now and oh no oh no my growing tribe has not found anything this turn which is not a disaster but it is slowing my progress a bit ending turn Turn 22 now, another adversary has advanced, but I have found food, which is always nice. Just five more food points and my gripe grows yet again. Ah, another urgent affair. Mortuary, anyone? All right, let's read this. Disposal of the dead is a greater concern now that roots have been made and your outpost's population is growing. In fact, a delay in performing last rites on some recent dead has attracted wolves, threatening the balance of the departing spirits and jeopardizing their path to the other world. The protection of the tribe is at stake. Do you embrace new ways of administering last rites or stick with the old customs? What should be done? Now, I can either cremate embalm or leave so burn the bodies 
uh, mummify the bodies or just leave them to mother nature. Uh, if I cremate them, I get a ferocious bonus, which means that um, for 20 turns, some of my units, which are now still called Hunter Party and Grown Tribe, will grow stronger. Uh, I can embalm them, which gives me two science points, and I need those points. Or I can leave them um, to be reclaimed by Mother Nature, which gives me another discount on future research. But for now, I'm going to choose Embalm. Cleansing the bodies will ensure no animals seek the dead and agitate the spirits and help us learn about our mortal vessels. For two science points, yes please. I have now eight science points out of 20. Uh, four growth points, 15 influence points, which is also important in this stage if I want to make another outpost but that's going to take a while because you need 40 of those and i only have 15 so i'm going to enter and see what this game is in store for me ah another science point and five influence points always nice and and turn you know if you want to know what this game looks like, because uh, at some point my words will uh, come short of description, just uh, go to YouTube, watch a review or like another walkthrough, because my words right now cannot do justice how pretty this game is. Like the art style is a mixture of hand-drawn and like, 3d graphics and it's just beautiful and like the reason why i bought this game is because um your empire can become huge and like the cities uh, can become sprawling like uh you you can have cities that just cover like huge swaths of the world map and it, it's like it, it will look like an actual city and you know i like to I, I i like that so that's why i bought the game anyway um there's another narrative event a tribe's legacy you stand at a crossroads for many moons the tribe has trekked the wilderness slowly tortuously learning the secrets of this world how the materials hidden in the deep places and in plain sight might be fashioned to the tribe's advantage. How the beasts and plants of the lands and seas can be most fruitfully harvested and how myths and stories can glacially but inescapably give power over our greatest enemies, other tribes. Now, you must decide in what domain the tribe will truly sharpen its knowledge for the ages to come. Will you be renowned as makers, farmers, or charmers? Now, what this basically means. Um, do I want my people to be good at building stuff or growing food? 
which in turn grows population, or do I want them to be great scientists? So, makers, farmers, storytellers. Makers will mean that my、uh, cities will build a little faster. Farmers will make sure that the cities grow a little faster, and storytellers make sure that science goes a bit faster. And I'm going for storytellers. We will create myths that spread our renown, our beliefs well beyond our lands. So, I'm confirming that because again, science in this game is important. If you research certain specific、uh, projects or subjects. Then you gain access to resources like points on the map. That if they are within your empire, and you have researched the proper subjects, you can、uh, use to build things、uh, like soldiers on horseback, which is nice if you want to fight other people. Anyway, end turn. I'm already turn twenty five, and I'm still in the nomadic tribe、uh, stage of the game, which is not ideal. But I am not going to quit because now I have people listening to what I do, which puts pressure on me, and I don't want to be an ass. So、um, my tribe has found nothing. I'm gonna end turn, and oh my god! Oh wait. I have eleven out of twenty science points. I'm getting there very slowly, and I have thirty influence points, which is great. Which is great. Urgent affairs. Oh, the fungal hoarder. The shift to fixed abodes hadn't been easy for the tribesmen and women who had settled in the outpost, but they persevered, and now thought of the land as home. When they discovered that one of their number had been hoarding mushrooms that he'd found in a nearby cavern for himself, it was a great blow to the spirit of the tribe. Now they want to banish him for his greed, but that would mean being deprived of the location of the mushroom field. What is your reckoning? Do I want justice for the tribe, or do I want to be more pragmatic about the situation, so I can? Banish this selfish man, or selfish man. I can protect him, or I can retain him. Now,、uh, if I banish him, of course I don't get a food bonus because I don't know where the mushrooms are. But I will get a discount on city defense research cost. I can protect him, which.、Um, Means I'm a very forgiving, disembodied, immortal leader of the tribe,、uh, and also causes my outpost to grow five more food per turn for twenty turns. Or I can retain him, which is the option I usually go with because it gives me two research or two science points, which. I need nine more of in order to finally advance. Retain the man will leave the settlement, but will remain of the tribe. His days will be dedicated to learning more about this strange species of mushroom. Confirm. And there you go. Thirteen out of twenty science points. I'm oh wow. 
I, I'm looking at my phone, which is like my microphone. And um, I, I see that I'm, I've already been talking for 55 minutes. I don't know how I'm doing this. Like I thought I, I, all this would fall flat in like the first few minutes, but I'm still going. You see, sometimes you just need to start doing something in order to realize that you're somewhat good at it. I don't want to say I'm good at it, but I'm... I'm already better at it than I thought I'd be. Anyway, next turn. Uh, all right. Um, I have... Ah, my growing tribe has grown, which means I have now 5 out of 10 growth points. But I, sh I am still looking for science. So, end turn. All right. 14. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm getting close. I have 14 out of 20 science points and 5 out of 10 growth points. And it can now basically go either way. Whichever comes first is fine with me. And turn. Alright. The roaming tribe has found two new uh, science points. If I'm correct, yes, I am now at 16 out of 20 science points, which is great news. And I also have 40 influence points, which means I can now build a new outpost, which can either be attached to my very first outpost, which will become my future capital. Because, you know, um, in this game, every outpost that you make can either become a a district of a city or a city in and of itself. Um, if you attach an outpost to an existing city, that city will grow bigger. It can uh, build more stuff within its territory, but um, because uh, a bigger patch of land is harder to govern, uh, the order uh, of said city, which basically represents the citizens' willingness to listen to you, drops. So you need to be careful what you do. Uh, anyway, I am choosing to build another outpost. And there is only one place highlighted on the map, which serves as a nice spot. I'm going to choose it. 14 food points and four production points, which means that it will grow very quickly but it will be pretty shit at building, so I'm not going to choose that. Instead... Instead, I'm going for... Yes, five food points and eight production points. It's uh, on top of a plateau, but I'll, I'll dig it. All right, enter. So, the more outposts I have, the faster my population will grow, I suspect. So, let's see. Uh, yes. Oh, wait. I need to move my units. I already clicked next turn, by the way. I'm inching closer and closer to my new outpost location. All right, 
allowing them to move again. And next turn, they will have built their little settlement. Alright. Let's go. And a new outpost has been founded. It takes five turns for it to be permanently built. I'll now take two of the tribe. Oh, wait, I can't do that right now because I already moved. Okay, and turn. Now, what you can do in this game, which I like to do often, is split the tribes up because I want one unit to defend this uh, outpost and the rest I want to explore the map for as long as is necessary. So I'm going to split them up, transfer, clicking on an empty part of the map. Now I have two separate units. Uh, let's go, click on the new unit and turn on auto explore. I promise this episode will, <laughs> will end this episode as soon as I reach the next stage. Like I, normally my podcast episodes are way shorter than this, but again, I, I like to experiment with things. So I hope you like this. All right. I have an idle army. I'll make them station at the outpost so it will be defended. And then turn. I'm already at turn 34. I'm getting closer and closer to uh, 20 science points. And now I have 17 out of 20. Hopefully it will take less than 10 turns to get to that 20. But I have found food instead of science, so... My luck is not improving. Or is it? Because now I have one extra point and I only need two more. 18 out of 20, let's go. No, no, I found food again. I mean, food is always nice, but you gotta get some science in the brain instead of food in the belly. Yes, 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 food, 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 no more. <sighs> Nuts again. Okay, like, great. I have grown my hunting party, which is always nice, but, you know. I really, really could use some science right now. Come on. Turn 39. And they have found food again. Okay. Turn. It's turn 40 now. Oh, God. They're going... Yay! Enter a new era. You've earned one era star and may now choose a new culture for the next era. So, you may not see it, but I'm really happy right now. So, I can re uh, choose Remind Me Later or choose now. And of course, I'm going to choose now. So, I can now move on to the ancient era, which is the very first stage in the game where you can actually build cities build armies and grow your empire by either befriending or annihilating your adversaries. Now, the way the humankind works is that after, uh, after you reach enough stars or just enough points, you can uh, choose a civilization from real human history to model your own civilization after 
And it doesn't have to be the same civilization every time. Although if you do that, you get certain bonuses. But, you know, you, you can really um, mold your people after multiple civilizations in one playthrough. And right now, um, because I was dead last in reaching the ancient era apparently because all other civilizations have already been taken i can choose become to become the zhao i don't know if i pronounced it correctly but i'm gonna stick with it so the zhao the zhao i'm gonna go with zhao the zhao are i think ancient chinese and they have certain bonuses they have harmonious fought which means they have plus two stability on district which means that um, stability is the the control i talked about earlier like the lower your stability is the more <laughs> rambunctious your people get and when uh, your stability as the city's stability reaches 30 percent or lower then there's a chance that the people will revolt against you and um Stability is often lost by building new stuff or by unfortunate, other unfortunate events. And it can be uh, pulled back up again by building uh, buildings that serve the purpose of guarding and such things. But, you know, then I'll save that for another episode. Anyway, um, yeah. I can only choose to be the Zhao, so I'm gonna adopt their culture. Yes, confirm. And finally. you don't really need to focus on markets when you have deep philosophers and dangerous chariots it's a shame that the narrator didn't didn't say how i need to pronounce the name of this culture but anyway so that was the very first and hopefully not the very last episode of my uh fully auditory gameplay walkthrough of the game humankind um i don't know how well this will do with my current listening base but uh, regardless of how many people listen to this i want to do this again because i really enjoyed this so i almost want to say leave a like if you like this video but this is not a video this is a podcast you cannot leave a like however and uh, I, you may need to excuse me a little bit because now I need to... Uh, no, you know what? I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to add like a little different segment at the end of this episode about my Patreon. So I can, you know, attach it to future podcast episodes and I don't have to uh, constantly, awkwardly 
refer to it while recording an episode. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this and hopefully I will return to this game and continue to describe what I see on my screen as I play Humankind. And as always, good night, dear listeners. Hear you next time.